American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, and ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. Liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. We are back, second hour of the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Statmiller, with you on this Friday, 15th day of December 2017. Talking to P.J. Barton over there in Wales. It's 1 a.m. his time over there. What time do you usually sleep, P.J.? I turn in at 3 a.m. Really? I, well, if you, I, I monitor Mr. Kelso up in, <laughs> up in North Dakota where I got it. I know how cold it is up there. I've lived in Alberta. <laughs> and uh, he's right on some things. I won't slag him off on air. Not too much. But uh, And then by the time the others come on, uh, it's nearly my bedtime, 3 a.m. But I have four or five hours with me, and I've um, plenty to do. But um, the <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I was just thinking this through, this whole debacle, even though I'm right up against my nose to this last year in Europe. But the Trump card that Putin has is Germany, I think, is 40% dependent on energy-wise with Russian gas. And the gas, they have a land line pipeline and they have an undersea pipeline, which has just been finished. They treat that as very serious. And if Eastern Europe doesn't want to freeze to death in an economic collapse in the world, they're going to have to, well, he won't, he won't be firing any shots. But Putin has some trump cars there. He really has. Uh, no pun intended, I'm sure. Yeah. From your perspective over there in Wales, uh, you've been watching what's been going on with Donald Trump. I mean, we're we're into more a year of his presidency, uh-huh. and it's gone from an investigation that was partisan, crooked as hell. Uh, I've even heard uh, people comment that, well, just because you're in the FBI doesn't mean you can't have a public political opinion. Well, you can have your voter wish card, I guess, who, who you would vote for or who you voted for, but we're talking about true collusion and undermine, trying to undermine a president, and it's gone from collusion to now obstruction. There's nothing oh, yeah. there. This has been hammered for over a year. American people are sitting around looking at each other right now going, okay, what else should we be paying attention to now that they've drunk, drugged this out? Oh, and on top of it, PJ, this is always good for salacious airtime with the with the boob heads. Is uh, oh uh, all this uh, 
misogyny and all this sexual stuff Grove, going on. Grove, yeah. Men never grow up in a relationship, you know. <laughs> I think of that very real. I'm not going to say anything obscene. John, one of Joan Rivers' best jokes, it wasn't a dirty joke, Johnny Carson was ragging her one night. Don't you think intelligence is important? Don't you think intelligence is important? And he was trying to annoy her. He said, listen, she said, no man ever put her, his hand up a woman's skirt looking for a library card. <laughs> <laughs> and Carson nearly fell off the chair. It was such a good joke, you know. Well, it, it's... Uh, so, uh, it, we have this. Yeah, it, it's, it's just amazing to me. I mean, we, we sit and watch the happenings in our own country. We get very little real news, and one of the big things that's been kept out of the media here in this country, you know, you can go to the Internet, and there are people ranting and raving, I mean, literally, rapes going on at the hands of these invaders. Uh, Some people call them uh, political dissidents. Some people call them immigrants. Some people will give it a name. At least an immigrant. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming into countries, Norway, they're, Germany, France, literally raping. I mean, the, 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 the Internet is literally awash in women that have been just battered, beat up. I mean, three, four, five, or a gang of these guys will literally rape a woman and we're hearing nothing about it. We're we're hearing about somebody grabbing a boob over here in this country, and you've got yeah. women literally in the streets being raped and, and in some cases killed. Right. And the police trying to log it as a different type of crime in all those countries. And the BBC have now removed certain people because there was these allegations. I mean, just allegations about minor crap sent uh, uh, salacious text messages to somebody. They attacked Alan Jones, who was a very good... Christian presenter of, of religious programs and other things, and they've done appalling damage. I hope he sues the arse off them. But there's political correctness here is uh, absolutely rampant, and uh, it, it, it's, it's cropping up every day of the week in, in, in situations, but uh, and including this creeping creep who's the head of the Church of England, uh, Justin Welby, former senior executive in BP, by the way, that's who he was years ago. But he's now saying we should provide for... Um, a diverse family today. He was talking about transgenderism. We're all consumed with this now, which wasn't even a word in the in our dictionary of words ten years ago, and it just wasn't. And uh, they're all being manipulated. These idiots. I, I, it's it's amazing to me, absolutely amazing. Well, PJ, I appreciate you coming up on the program. And yeah, sorry, I was rushing through things on Brexit, but uh, it, it, you have to go through a certain amount of stuff. To, what was, what's happening, and what's the future? And I've just put on the headers there, just the headers. But uh, it'll run for it'll run. It's a God's gift to journalism. It's full employment for journalism. I'm not a paid journalist, <laughs> as you know, neither are you. But uh, it, it's God's gift that keeps giving to journalists. That's what Brexit is as well. Well, and and whatever other crisis that we can use. And and here's always been my indicator. If it drags on more than a day, uh, start looking around. Put your head on a swivel. Start looking 10 degrees up on the horizon to see what's coming at you next. And, yep. and, and in this country, there is absolutely a total lockdown of any type of news other than political backstabbing and groping and we need to get rid of Trump and and on and on it goes. It's just this constant, it, it's like a white noise of political poppycock. And that's all the American one, people are getting. 
you know, just one last thing. Read Paul McCrick Roberts' uh, reasoning about Trump recognizing or moving the embassies, which will never happen really, to Jerusalem. He says that's a deal done uh, through Kirchner and those with the, with the Mossad to protect him. That's I, I, a bit far out the, the report, but look at that. Uh, this week he has that up on one of his articles. Well, and, you uh, know, we've, we've got a 36-year-old that uh, is hanging in the... Uh, I know he reminds me of a vampire hanging in the shadows. You never see the yeah, guy. Get, you never see the guy. You never see the guy give interviews. There is nothing. He's the power behind the throne. But many are contending that uh, Trump has turned over the reins of power to a thirty-six-year-old son-in-law. <laughs> shocking! It is shocking. Well, when are we going to start uh, calling him President Kushner? That's what I want to know. All right, That's hey PJ, I appreciate it, my friend. Okay, take care. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. And again, the Barton Report on Saturday nights, 9 to 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. That's Saturday night. Hmm. Absolutely fascinating. I am just, I've been watching the news, folks, and there is no news. There's none. Salacious, opinion-making, get-you-politics, point-counterpoint over pointless stuff. That's the best way I can describe it. Point-counterpoint on pointlessness. I, and that's designed to do what? Satiate people? Make them believe that nothing else is really going on? Or is, are they just going for broke? Literally going for broke. And are they going to bore the American people to death with all their salacious political stuff? Knowing full well there's a world of stuff happening right under right under their noses. But it's not being talked about. By the way, uh, talking about the European Union. <laughs> this is this is this is rather fascinating to me. Jews flee Paris suburbs after rising tide of anti Semitism. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> Let me get this right. Okay, France, like Germany, like every other EU country over there, let's throw open the doors to people from Syria and and elsewhere in the Middle East. Okay, let's take oil and water, try to mix it together, and see how that works out. Now, keeping in mind that uh, Jews, every time they try to set up shop and take over things, and how many countries over how many years, how many countries they've been thrown out of, so now you mix up somebody that is not necessarily friendly to, say, Jews, and then there's a big mystery as to why they want to leave. I see. French Jewish families are being forced from their homes, so this is from Breitbart, in Paris suburbs as Europe continues to be convulsed by levels of anti-Semitism not seen since the end of the Second World War. The Paris commuter newspaper, 20 Minutes, documents an internal exodus during 2017, of Jews from the Seine St. Denis Department, saying that it is emblematic of broader concerns that French Jews, like their brothers and sisters across Europe, are finding it increasingly difficult to reconcile their faith with the changing demographics of the continent. Duh. The paper reports that Jews are leaving their homes on the northeastern fringe of Paris to escape the open hostility that French Prime Minister Edouard Philippe, on Sunday condemned as well-rooted, the newspaper reports that this internal exodus is difficult to uh, quantify, but it's clear that many synagogues 
of the same St. Dennis have closed for lack of people. In another town close to Paris, the rabbi has recorded a 50% decline in congregations since his arrival 13 years ago. A similar story is told in nearby Bondi, where attendance on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, by the way, has fallen from 800 to 400 in the last decade. The Bondi synagogue president saw it as a deteriorating climate of the last 15 years as driving the exodus. It's hard to explain. It's provocation. It looks, he lamented. There are places where we do not feel welcome. Those observations mimic those made 12 months before in nearby uh, Rainsy, where local rabbi Moshe Lewin said that his that he feared he could be one of the last Jewish leaders in the same St. Denis. What upsets me is that in some areas of France, Jews can no longer live peacefully, and that just five minutes from my home, some are forced to hide their kippahs, or their skullcaps, uh, or their Star of David. Hmm. The sensation of not feeling welcome is nothing new to French Jews. In 2015, journalist Zvika Klein recorded a reaction to his taking to the streets of Paris wearing the traditional kippah. Klein Klein, uh, later points out the irony that Paris today is a city where kifa-wearing men and veiled women speak Arabic on every street corner, but where the soldiers are walking every street that houses a Jewish institution. Sammy Goldswin, the president of the Jewish Communal Security Organization, BNVCA, told 20 Minutes, I guess that's their shortened version of 60 Minutes, that it was vital not to underestimate the anti-Semitism we experience on a daily basis. Now, folks, there's a lot of reasons for anti-Semitism. In this country, what I've been able to deduce for all of these years, that uh, most of the Jews, and I don't care if they're Orthodox or whatever, doesn't matter, most of them are liberal. Okay? That's the tribal connection in this country. Liberalism, which I call communism or socialism. In my way of thinking, that's number one. It it does not matter to me, should it matter to anybody else, if you go to a synagogue or St. Mary's Church. The politics of the religion is used, but take a look at the core of who the people are and what they believe. And to say that is, is hateful, that... That statement unto itself is proof that I'm an anti-Semite. No, it proves that I'm a traditional American that likes a stable country, that believes in his form of government, as written by the designers of it, and has seen it actually work. And I want it back. I don't don't want your little mysterious cabal of socialism and communism and a better idea for humanity or whatever else. It just it just strikes me as being odd that the people that have the most to, to lose by way of open dialogue in a public forum are the ones that try to shut down the open dialogue in a public forum. Go figure. 
no other race or is it uh, is it race or is it religion? I'm still confused to this day. Yeah, whatever's convenient. Yeah, you got that right, Mike. You know, it just it just seems to me that uh, those that are most afraid of the truth will bar others from speaking it. That's pretty plain and simple in, in my world. That everything should be open to examination and discussion. I don't. I, have you ever heard me on this program? You know, go full tilt boogie on on Jews saying, "Oh, they they should be eradicated." I mean, any good Jew is a dead Jew. No, you're not going to hear that from me. But there has been a structural institution in this country, and it was, and I do say was, Christian. Uh, If anybody is starting to doubt that, uh, just start looking at Chuck Baldwin's recent articles and how he has said that, look, he said the churches are gone. These people that are proclaiming to be the leaders of the people and believing in God and all that, he said, just witness what happened to Judge Roy Moore. Wow. And he is right. I just I'm just I'm just fascinated by all the machinations and all the confusion that is deliberately deliberately being hoisted for your perusal or rejection or frustration. They're they're teaching us one good thing. How to knee-jerk react, spontaneously respond, rather than quiet, contemplative thought, based on experience, based on the past, based on the history that we know that works. doesn't work anymore. It's immediate. It's chaos. It's a crisis. Crisis management. we got to fix, fix, fix. And the more we try to fix, the more it gets broken. FBI agent indicted, accused of lying about gunshots during the Oregon standoff. When is the first I've heard since, what, a month ago, a month and a half ago? FBI guy is charged with lying? The FBI can lie. We just can't lie to the FBI. Robert Lavoy Finnicum was shot to death by an FBI agent during an Oregon wildlife refuge standoff in 2016. First time I've seen that. It's always been a mystery. Well, who was it that shot him? It was an FBI agent. We knew that right from the start. A special agent with the elite FBI hostage rescue team has been indicted A special agent with the elite FBI hostage rescue team has been indicted and accused of trying to cover up the firing of gunshots during an encounter with a member of the armed group. See, they were armed, as if to intimate here that they were armed looking for trouble. A member of an armed group who occupied an Oregon wildlife refuge last year. The indictment filed last week and made public Wednesday does not accuse special agent W. Joseph Asteria, uh, Asteria, I'll get that right, I'll keep trying it a few more times, of shooting the occupier, that it is a public black eye for the FBI group, which the Bureau has described as unparalleled in law enforcement capabilities. What? 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 
You got an FBI guy that shot Lavoy Finnegan, claimed that he was going for a weapon, but he was reacting to being shot. You saw the videos from inside Finnegan's truck. Nobody was grabbing for guns. Nobody was going to say, okay, load them up, burst open through the doors. We may die, but we'll take them with us. Finnegan got out of that truck because shots were being fired. He got out with his hands in the air. His hands came down, supposedly reaching for a weapon, only after bullets started making contact with his body. He was simply reacting. He knew exactly what he was up against, and he saw the rifles pointed at him. Folks, Lavoy Finnegan wasn't somebody that wanted to commit death by copside or antagonize a cop into getting him to shoot him. Wow, some indictment here. Doesn't accuse uh, of shooting the occupier. Well, he did shoot him. He's not accused of shooting him, but he did shoot him. You see where this is going, right? At the height of the occupation of Malheur National Wildlife Refuge, which stretched on for weeks at the Bird Sanctuary in southeastern Oregon, authorities pulled over some of the group's leaders as they traveled on a snowy highway towards the meeting on January 26, 2016. Thank you, FBI. We got the video. FBI agents and Oregon State Police troopers swarmed a group, and one of the occupiers, Robert Lavoy Finnegan, uh, 54-year-old rancher who acted as the group spokesman, tried to drive away at high speed. They knew exactly where he was going. He's going to visit the county sheriff. After nearly hitting an agent, Finnegan veered off the road into a snowy bank. He walked toward an officer, appearing to reach for his jacket where officials say he was carrying a loaded 9mm handgun, state troopers opened fire and struck Finnegan three times in the back, killing him way back up here a second. The story just contradicts itself, saying that it was the Oregon state troopers that opened fire and struck Finnegan. It was an FBI guy. Weeks later, authorities said they had deemed the shooting justified because the troopers feared for their lives. Isn't that amazing? That same day, Oregon officials and Justice Department Inspector General announced that they were investigating the actions of the FBI agents during the encounter. Deschutes County Sheriff Shane Nelson said at a March 2016 news conference that investigators found a bullet hole on the roof of Finnegan's car that could not be accounted for based on the shots troopers fired. Nelson said they came to determine that an FBI agent fired that shot. On Wednesday afternoon, Estradia, uh, in a dark gray pinstripe suit and a red navy striped tie, stood in a magistrate court before Judge Janice Stewart. Aristia was next to a federal defender who entered a not guilty plea on all counts, a week-long jury trial, was set to begin August 29th. By the way, this FBI agent is not being held in custody. No bond. When this FBI agent appeared in court, one apparent supporter of Finnegan was in the front row, a tattoo of Finnegan's cattle brand on her right right wrist. And a five-count indictment filed under seal last week in U.S. District Court 
for the District of Oregon and unsealed by a judge on Wednesday, Aristida, uh, or Aristida is this guy's name, is described as an HRT member assigned to the wildlife standoff. The indictment said this agent falsely stated he had not fired his weapon during the attempted arrest of Finnegan when he knew then and there that it had been uh, that he had fired his weapon. I guess he just didn't realize he did. He described firing two shots during the encounter. According to the indictment, uh, this agent made false statement to three different supervisory special agents, all of whom are identified only by initials for security reasons. The indictment also charges this FBI agent with two counts of obstruction of justice for allegedly misleading Oregon State Police officers about the two rounds. And, of course, an FBI spokesman did not immediately respond to a request for comment, nor will they get one. Laura in Michigan. Hello, Laura. Hey, John. I just thought I'd give you a little, little news from Michigan. We now have a Muslim road scholar who is uh, backed by George Soros running for governor. Wow. Yeah. His name is Abdul something, Salim or something like that. And uh, and what is the what is the virtuous guy? What's the hook politically with this guy? What what are they proclaiming he's going to do? I uh, didn't really said too much yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Put Sharia Lion. I get I could go up shop for burkas, you know, right now. Wow. Well, it's kind of a shocker. Well, and it is. I mean, Michigan, Michigan's a weird state. I mean, it really is. I've seen so much corruption in Michigan centered around Detroit and their political machine. It's it's just absolutely fascinating. And and people in Michigan, it's kind of strange. Either they're hunters and they take off up north for a couple of weeks or they actually live outside the cities. And they really seem disconnected from all the stuff that's going on. You know, the, the, the literal structure of that state is falling apart. But people seem quietly dis- disassociative. They, they seem to not be part of the chaos. It, it's weird. Well, how we got our, origin, our governor right now, Snyder, he's real liberal. We have this open primary, which means people can cross over. You don't have to be registered as one or the other. <laughs> So what happened is all the Democrats cross over and vote in the Republican primary, and we end up always getting these liberal guys. Now they haven't learned yeah, a, they, they haven't learned a lesson yet. I mean, yeah. the, the, the politics. The idea. Yeah, the politics in and around Detroit has been liberal socialist since the '60s, and oh, look, yeah. look what shape they're in. All right, Laura, appreciate your call. Okay, bye bye. Ed in Utah. Hello, Ed. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello, John. I appreciate all the work you're doing here, your interview earlier tonight. What's on your mind? Well, I want to do a follow-up. Um, I talked to you at length the other night concerning the Roy Moore situation in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, you made a comment uh, about it. Look what happened to him. Um, 
John, uh, as each uh, day goes by, I become. It's not a matter of convinced. Do I think there was vote fraud there? Um, obviously, there was. Um, in fact, um, I think uh, even right now, uh, even Roy Moore himself, like talking about these twenty-two thousand write-ins uh, or the military votes and what have you, uh, that's the tip of the iceberg. In fact, even if they uh, let uh, uh, ten thousand uh, black felons vote in that election. Uh, that's not going to touch things. Just look at hard numbers and compare them. Look at the 08 election with uh, Jeff Sessions and his Democrat appointment. Jeff Sessions, I didn't have the the numbers the other night for you as such. Jeff Sessions got 1.2 million votes. The Democrat, Paul Brannon, I think his name was, something like that, uh, he got 715,000 votes. Now keep in mind that Jones the other night uh, got probably uh, the accurate amount. They can muster up that many. 670,000 is what uh, his uh, official count is. Okay. Tehebo Tea Club's original pure powdery Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. Welcome to my fourth annual False Flag and Conspiracies Conference 2023, a virtual event on the 16th and 17th of December. Outstanding speakers, Ace Baker, Brian Davidson, Fred Lochter, Donald Javries, Stephanie Sledge, Dr. Merrill Ness, Giuseppe Vavangulo, Joaquinic Gobian, Dr. Reed Labo, Jack Mullen, Joe Olson, Brian Davidson, Monique Lucan, Scott Bennett, Nick Kohlerstrom, Russ Winter, Ron Avery, Miriam Hanane, John Kaminsky, Sarah Westall, Dr. Catherine Horton. This is something you don't want to miss. 500 free Zoom tickets are available. Register now. Go to falseflagsandconspiracyconference.com slash ticket slash to get it now. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultation 
consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Ciroc grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Big John. Big John. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't get My daddy was six foot four and he weighed 145 pounds. (laughs) A whisper in the wind. Ed in Utah, we were at the Hillary Clinton numbers when we got interrupted by a commercial. Okay, uh, John, um, yes, and that was, um, albeit, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, go ahead, Ed. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know okay. when I'm, I'm not hearing you well. All righty. Um, so you had Hillary Clinton at 1.2 million last year in a presidential election. But like I said, uh, 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 Jeff Sessions' opponent in 08, another presidential year, so the turnout was a bit higher. His opponent got 720,000 votes, mm-hmm. uh, right in that range there. Uh, Sessions himself got 1.2 million. Notice over a million, both of the last two elections uh, for uh, 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 for the Republican candidate, uh, whether it be a, a, um, a Trump president or Jeff Sessions for a Senate race. So now we come to this, and sure, the turnout's not going to be quite as high. It's it's an off year election, et cetera, John. But the Democrat, uh, even they needed as they all admitted, ABC and CNN a historic turnout. They did not get a historic black turnout this year. They got a large turnout, a heavy turnout, but not historic numbers. And as you can see, he got 670,000 votes, uh, probably pretty accurate. Okay, so what I'm asking right now, what I'm putting forth, is they had to, they knew that they they could come up with those votes and prove he got them. But what what we are asked to believe is that 600,000, at least, 550,000 Republicans who voted last time stayed out of this highly publicized, highly charged election. That's what we're being asked to believe. Forget the 20,000 write-in. Forget the military vote or, or the uh, uh, the shut-in vote. Where's the half a million votes that voted the last two times out is what I'm putting forth here for people to consider. <laughs> well... Uh, who is it? The uh, Secretary of State is going to declare the official winner, what, uh, January of next year, right? Right. Okay. And we still and, don't, and and who, uh, it was not uh, really publicized, uh, and I watched the news, and I don't remember the name of the write-in Republican candidate. 
and how many votes that person got. And what about what about the write-in votes, the military votes? You know, we're 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 talking about a difference here of what one and a half percent. Yeah, in 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 the in the in the scam numbers, yes, in, in what we're to believe right now, this yeah. fairy tale. Yeah. Okay. So what happened, John? You're right about that. Fourteen thousand votes. So their ace in the hole to keep the scam going was the twenty thousand write-ins. That's why they brought uh, the whore, the political whore, uh, Senator Shelby on the talking heads on Sunday to say he wasn't going to write, he was going to do a write-in. He couldn't bring himself to vote for Roy Moore. So you enter that and then go back to what I mentioned, that Fox News was the only one with a contrary poll, the only major poll. Uh, everyone else had uh, 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 Roy Moore winning by up to 10 points. And sure enough, before they started in the heavy fraud at about the 68% uh, reporting level, of the pre-site the other night, Roy Moore had a 53.5 at one point, 53.5 to 45, eight and a half, near the 10-point range uh, over uh, 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 Doug Jones. All of a sudden, it started changing. There's nothing that, that can support such a wild swing at that point. They were stealing the election. And it still, and they knew they could prove the numbers Jones got six hundred seventy thousand. What they had to do is make Republicans sit back and take it on the chin, and that's why they came out with Fox calling. They were the first to call it, John, at nine twenty p.m. on Tuesday night. Jeez, so they yeah. come out with the. The only thing that the only thing that could have made that better is Megyn Kelly still being on Fox. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, I want to bounce this off you and then get a, a, an opinion of you. Um, I, I know you read a dissertation after I, uh, I got off the other night, and I, I believe it was from Roger Stone, you said, correct? Yes, it was. That's amazing. That's amazing, because now we have the spectacle of both Donald Trump and now today, apparently, Steve Bannon joins the fray, saying that, uh, Doug Moore, uh, that uh, Roy Moore should lead the race. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Steve Bannon is uh, out of line with that uh, because uh, uh, Roy Moore has, as he said to the uh, anyone who would listen uh, in a speech the other night, that the process is these votes have to be certified. The problem is the Alabama Supreme Court moved in unprecedented speed last Monday, less than 24 hours before the polls opened, uh, John, and they they uh, uh, overruled. The Montgomery County uh, uh, judge that had uh, uh, said that they had to keep the vision, the, the video images uh, 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 of the paper ballot votes that were being cast. They had to keep them. They couldn't destroy them. All of a sudden, the state Supreme Court uh, uh, overruled it 23 hours before. Obviously, what are we thinking, folks? The fix had to be in at that point. Right. right. The preparation was there. With Richard Shelby, uh, 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 Mike Lee out here in Utah, you know, notable great uh, voices. These people are pieces of crap. They are worse than the worst. Well, and, and then Fox comes in. Sorry? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, just recently in the last couple of days, Paul Ryan says that he's going to leave uh, his post and uh, um, he's going to leave politics next year. And, I, and I'm watching this. Uh, we're going to be losing some of the heavy hitters. 
I don't know if the effeminate one out of the Carolinas can hang on, but John McCain's not long for this world. Mitch McConnell is despised just about anybody that uh, has two brain cells that can synapse and communicate with each other. The, this, the, the polls are now showing, and I hate to resort to the polls, but uh, 14, 15% approval of Congress, that's what the American people, that's where they're at. Let me put it another way. Yeah. 85% of the American people are looking at Congress and going, you're a joke. You're ineffective. You you have become nothing. We want you gone, and they're and they're still going to keep doing this. I I, I don't see their point uh, unless they're waiting for us to get out there with the tar and the feathers and the matchsticks and the pitchforks and have at it. I don't know what they think they're holding on to because the rest of us have basically, at least on a political landscape, has caught on. I think you're right, uh, John, and uh, that's why I listen to your show more than any other, um, because you have the analysis, you have the levity. And um, uh, I just want to add one thing to all this. This is a, a, a clarion call moment to bring bring vote fraud right to that, the forefront. Obviously, the major uh, media, they're even uh, uh, ignoring this huge moment because you have a case where he's not conceding as a... Uh, as of now, he's not conceding. Roy Moore is not conceding, and he's waiting for the certification. Well, if he, uh, they don't, it doesn't have to be an automatic triggered uh, vote recount. He can call for one if he can get the funding right. uh, to get it done. Let's say he does. Okay, what are they going to count? <laughs> it's already been fixed. There There's nothing to you count. You got it. Yeah, but he can make a big moment of that and. Uh, we can start. We can continue a movement. He seems to be a leader of leaders here. He did it with the Ten Commandments. Uh, he did it with the, the homo marriage. Uh, uh, a couple. He, years uh, he was also going to challenge as a uh, U.S. senator. He was also going to spearhead and challenge Roe v. Wade. Absolutely. And uh, the other thing is, him being a past judge would be a good judge of character <clears throat> of who to get on the appellate and Supreme Court. This man would have been a helmsman. And he's a fighter in the Tropicant tradition. He's not buried yet. Ed, I appreciate your analysis. I, I thank you so much. Thank you for the airtime, John. Already, sir. And uh, I will be sending money to the network. I don't do it on a regular basis, but when I do, I send a chunk of change. Well, I appreciate that, Ed, very much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, the question was asked. Should we shut down the FBI for corruption? I'll give you Bill Still's report here in a minute. Let's go to Roxanne in Texas. Hello, Roxanne. Hello, Roxanne. Hi. Go ahead. I I think what we're dealing with is Alpha V Beta 3 Proofing. Huh? And, and I don't know if you listen to Wynn Parker or any of these others that you have on your network. But what, what we're dealing with is an alpha B protein. Worldwide, loads of these people that want to do dominance are able to do what they, quotation marks, on. And they'll kill each other, and they'll kill you. 
and they'll entrap you into this world of dominance. All right. Roxanne? They're unstable. Okay. Okay. Hold on. They're unstable. And you, you, and all of us say that that's, well, we got to take America back. We can't take it back because it's not here. Uh, I know it's hard to believe. I know. No, what's hard to believe is you're thrown in the towel. I'm still here and so are you. And the last time I checked, we the people, we are the government. We just have a problem here. We have a bunch of people in a supposedly representative form of government based on the Constitution that doesn't know what the Constitution is. We're still here, and so is the damn Constitution. They are not winning, not over my dead body or yours, ma'am. Sorry? Okay, well, you didn't have it on the screen anyhow, so I didn't know that that you lost her. All right. (laughs) Bill still, still reporting. This guy, he's still doing it after all these years. Good afternoon. I'm still reporting on the coup. Well, the coup is starting to come unraveled. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, one of the best informed people in Washington on this matter, appeared on Shannon Bream's show on Fox late last night. It seems like the deputy attorney general is indicating he does know more about the dossier. Obviously, he didn't feel like he... He felt like he was constrained in some way, that he couldn't answer some of these questions. Do you think we're ever going to get an answer about who paid for it, if the FBI paid for any information, and whether or not it was used to secure a warrant to then spy on the Trump team? Oh, I think it's eventually going to come out. The question is how. Is it going to be forced out through court process or through the IG report? We don't know. You know, it's interesting he admitted there is a dossier because we've sued both the FBI and Justice Department for information about these payments and what was going on with the dossier. They won't even confirm or deny the dossier exists to Judicial Watch, and we're in the middle of a court fight on it. I can't believe the stonewalling I'm getting from the Justice Department and the FBI. Our attorneys are back and forth with them, trying to get information on the dossier, trying to figure out about these FBI texts, and they're playing games with us. And I see they're also playing games with Congress. And the leadership of the FBI and Justice Department need to take ownership over this gamesmanship because it's destroying the credibility, and it makes it look like those agencies have something to hide. Well, interestingly, we referenced this uh, court filing from Glenn Simpson, one of the co-founders of Fusion GPS. He does say in this, and under perjury, uh, penalty of perjury, he said today, bank records reflect the Fusion contract with Nellie Orr to help our company with its research and analysis of Mr. Trump. Nellie Orr is the wife of a DOJ official who reached out to Fusion GPS before and after the election because he wanted to talk to them about this information about the president. Understand what this means, that Fusion GPS was getting at least some of their information directly from the Department of Justice sources and possibly not the Russians at all. Sad to say, but it is possible that this entire fake scenario was cooked up inside the walls of the FBI and the DOJ. That seems, even by D.C. standards, where a lot of us have spouses that work in different agencies and sometimes we are overlapping in our interests, that seems a little too close for comfort for just about everybody. Look, Fusion GPS was a Hillary Clinton campaign vendor. 
And the Justice Department was working hand in glove with it, perhaps paying it money. I think that suspect, you know, the, the suspicion is they were paying them money. Top DOJ official's wife is working with them. What, what, there was no distinction between the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Department of Justice and the FBI. And the goal was unified, which was to get Donald Trump. And the text messages that have come out show that they had some type of insurance policy in case Mr. Trump won the presidency. This is our FBI. Forget about the... Uh, FBI investigation into Clinton and Trump being compromised by these conflicts. I think the FBI has been compromised. Forget about shutting down Mr. Mueller. Do we need to shut down the FBI because it was turned into a KGB type operation well, by the Obama administration? You know a lot of people are going to feel like that's a pretty radical statement to make. Not when you add in the fact that 75% of the U.S. mainstream media is colluding with this anti-Trump mafiosi. This is just what the Ministry of Propaganda did for the KGB. If it were not for Fox News, we would know absolutely nothing about this. If it were not for Fox News backstopping folks like me, I would have been kicked off YouTube years ago. That's the sad and scary situation we are in. We are hanging on to our republic by a very slender thread. Look, the FBI cannot be trusted to investigate high-level government corruption at this time. And right now, uh, you see Mr. Rosenstein being blasé about the corruption that's going on in his watch. He says, well, we'll get to it when the IG report comes out. In the meantime, Mueller's operation, which has been compromised, is indicting and prosecuting people. They need protection. And I'm tired of the blasé attitude of this Justice Department and FBI towards the outrageous corruption that's been uncovered. They were hiding it, remember. They were hiding this FBI agent, having him be demoted. Been hiding it since July. Understand what that means. Everything that came out yesterday, all of the texts, all the collusion with the Clintons, and now the in-your-face conspiracy against Donald Trump was all known to the top government lawyer, Mr. Rosenstein, since July. They've had five months to figure out how they're going to spin this. They've also had five months to destroy the worst of it. Yes, shocking. These guys would actually destroy evidence of crimes because they are the perpetrators of those crimes. Why not? Well, okay, on to the, on to the point of Peter Strzok, who was taken off the team. This is what uh, Democrat Congressman Nadler had to say today about that. Peter Strzok did not say anything about Donald Trump that the majority of Americans weren't also thinking at the same time. And second, in a testament to his integrity and situational awareness, when the Office of the Inspector General made Mr. Mueller aware of these exchanges, he immediately removed Mr. Strzok from his team. He may or may not have acted quickly once he found out, but I don't even believe that story. I think Rosenstein probably knew exactly what was going on all along and only acted when the inspector general brought it to his attention. Then he feigned surprise and shock, then did something about it. But what was that something? Did he fire him? No. He gave him a title in HR, and then you can bet your bottom dollar he went right on managing this cover-up of all this. This is a criminal enterprise perpetrated by members of the Clinton cabal with FBI guns on their hips and badges in their pockets. Quickly, why is that not good enough for you? 
uh, because we don't know what he was involved in up to that point in time. He may have been involved in the interview of General Flynn, for which he had to plead guilty. I would question that. Was he involved in the targeting of Manafort? Was he involved in the decision-making surrounding uh, the Clinton email investigation? You know, the timing of that text about having an insurance policy seems to coincide with the timing of the seeking of a FISA application to spy on the Trump team. Look, we can't trust anything coming out of the Mueller investigation until we figure out what went on with these FBI texts. I'm still reporting from the one-time free speech capital of the world. Good day. Bill still, still doing it. Well, how's this to cap off a week? Cook County Commissioner Boykin has asked the United Nations to help in Chicago with peacekeepers. Boykin admits that the high murder rate of blacks is by other blacks. Apparently, there are a lot of blacks out there that haven't heard Black Lives Matter. Boykin to, uh, on the UN, they've been able to help in places like Africa and abroad, where they've sent troops in and sent forces in to help protect minority and vulnerable populations. And so, quite frankly, I think the same can be said for here in Chicago. Wow. Evidently, uh, Mr. Boykin hasn't seen the documentary by G. Edward Griffin, Katanga, The Untold Story. That'll show you what happens when you bring UN peacekeepers in. And by the way, I haven't been to the target range in a long time. Can I have little blue helmets running around the streets of America? The moving targets? Well, watch this one, folks. The first step will be to send advisors or observers in, of course, uh, doing their clandestine reconnaissance. you got to survey the battlefield, as any commander would do. Then little blue helmets show up. These people are the military occupation force and conduct themselves as just that, an occupying force. What are they thinking here? There was noises being made that they wanted to fed in there. Oh, we, we need to fed. Oh, no, we don't need to. Yeah, we need to fed in here. Well, we've got a problem. They didn't invite the feds in, and now they're going straight to the U.N. Really? The U.S. has probably already signed up with the U.N. that the civilians cannot have guns globally. Remember their little... Their, their masterful little thing in front of the UN. It's a 38 with a knot tied in the barrel that the media never shows you. But that doesn't tell you what their thoughts are about guns. I don't know what will. There may be the opportunity they've been waiting for to confiscate guns on a grand scale. <laughs> Can you see the gangs of Chicago joining forces against UN troops? <laughs> Uh, that'll take about six, eight months reporting time, so we won't have to report anything else. Yeah. Wow. And what are, whatever else here is fit to report. Hmm. You know, I just find it fascinating. I'm, I'm serious about this, folks. We don't have any political fights going on anymore. 
We have had our time taken up with confusing story after story and opinion based on nothing close to even facts as to what this wonderful tax bill, and they were supposed to vote on it today, or they're going to vote on it Tuesday. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn. Because this is nothing but dog and pony show for the unwashed and uneducated masses. Sitting there waiting to hear a figure, mind you, of how much of a deduction they're going to get. As I said yesterday, half the people in this country are not filing taxes with the IRS for one reason or another. So do you think half the country gives a damn what deductions they're not going to take? Because guess what? In order to get these deductions, guess what you got to do? You got to file with the IRS. So half the country is not going to file and find out what taxes um, aren't or aren't collected. And what benefit uh, out of this tax package, and there's no benefit, this is all dog and pony stuff to confound and confuse people as if these asshats in Washington are actually doing something, which in effect they are not. The end result of all the tedium and the words and the reporting and all of this is for not. The only people I've seen score a big one out of this is U.S. corporations, and I'm not in for a 35% tax with them. That was one of the stated reasons why they left. This is not a competitive environment for corporations to, to act in and to try to produce anything, so we're picking up our bat and our ball, and we're going to some other place on this planet. Now, let's see how many people and corporations this actually pulls back into the country now that I think, and uh, memory serves here, it's 22% tax bracket instead of the 35. Whoopee, uh, am I assured that there are a team of lawyers on how to find loopholes and beat that tax? Are they going to do away with their bevy of high-paid lawyers and accountants that sit around and figure out ways for them not to pay taxes. And then I'm going to be one of these people that jump on and go, oh, you know, tax the rich, look at us poor. Folks, we know the reason why all this conundrum and chaos is going on. We have said it repeatedly. And no amount of wrangling, word-lipping, or anything else is going to change anything in Washington, D.C. It will not. Dog and pony shows for the unwashed, dumbed-down masses. Enjoy the show along with your popcorn. Wow. All right, that'll do us do it for us today. We'll be back Monday with another edition of the National Intel Report. I think James Kelso is next. Well, what they got? What's Jimmy my boy going to do if they roust uh, Donald Trump out of Washington? <laughs> I'll have to ask him that one of these days. At any rate, thanks for being here today, folks. And it's seriously. Have a good, peaceful, non-chaotic, reflective weekend. We'll see you Monday.
Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Junkay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 